Welcome to Healthy Choices with your host, Ray Solano from Austin, Texas. We're ready for your calls right now. Call in toll-free at 877-956-9566. Now, here's your host, Ray Solano. Well, welcome to Healthy Choices. XM, we're broadcasting from Austin, Texas. Hope you all have had a great week. I'm your host, Ray Solano, clinical pharmacist and board-certified clinical nutritionist. And we're, as always, we're always ready to answer your questions about your health and how to make responsible choices that we feel can change your life. Our headline for today's show is, Are You Suffering from Sick Building Syndrome? Could that be the cause of your chronic illness? And did you know that that could be fatal? We're going to discuss these and any other topics that you want to discuss today. Our guest is going to be the physicians from Progressive Medical Centers, Dr. Gaz Agoli and Dr. Cheryl Burdett, as they're going to break down this topic so you can gain control of your health. Our toll-free number is 877-956-9566. And for any of your questions during this call, if you're listening to this as a pre-record or a podcast, you can always text us at 512-219-0724, or you can call us at the pharmacy at that phone number, and any of our consultants going to be able to answer any questions that you may have. You can always check out our website, healthychoicesxm.com, for podcasts on previous shows as well. And what we want to make a, just a quick announcement today, we've changed the name of our pharmacy to PD Labs and this is a nationally licensed uh, pharmacy centered on research-driven pharmaceuticals. So check that out as well, Prescription Dispensing Labs or pdlabs.net. So before we get to our guest, Dr. Gazagoli and Dr. Cheryl Burdett, talking about sick building syndrome, we want to make sure we have a, let you know we have a special announcement and a guest for the second half of our show, a special guest, Dr. Anthony Capasso, is going to join us in the second half to kick off a special feature to our programming to discuss preventative tests to assess your risk of heart disease. He's considered an expert in his field, nationally recognized, speaks nationally on this topic. You won't want to miss this informative segment because it's not just about your cholesterol, it's a couple of other things that really could save your life for prevention. So stay, make sure you stay tuned. Before, just to let people know, they, as we opened up our segment talking about sick building syndrome and could this be the cause of your many chronic illnesses, people are saying, well, what in the world are you talking about? Well, this is about mold. And the truth about mold, if you look at the statistics from the World Health Organization, this is... 7 million deaths annually are linked to air pollution, indoor and outdoor pollution. That's a pretty staggering number. Reducing air pollution could save millions of lives. New data reveals a stronger link between indoor and outdoor pollution exposure and cardiovascular disease such as strokes and ischemic heart disease and air pollution and cancer. This is from the World Health Organization 2014. We're talking... Another report came out talking about dampness in mold. So 10 to 15% of indoor environments in Europe, North America, and Australia and river value conditions of dampness are substantially more severe than national average. One to 
5.5 million deaths are associated with indoor combustion of solid fuels. So this is this is an interesting statistic. And we want people to understand that even the Mayo Clinic study in 1999 implicates fungus as a cause of chronic sinusitis. So if people are, say they have a sinus infection chronically over and over again, 37 million people in the United States suffer from chronic sinusitis. This is an inflammation of the membrane of the nose and the sinus cavity. Biological pollutions in your home. Most people don't realize in your home, 30 to 50% of the structures have damp conditions that may encourage growth and build up of biological pollutants. So this is the, the numbers go on and on and on about mold. However, we're not a doom and gloom radio show. We have people... We want to make people get better. There are solutions. They, this is what we, our pharmacy is being focused on is biotoxin pathways to be able to understand them, teach physicians some of the markers, and be able to roll out the protocols for recovery because we want people to be able to be free to be able to roam between different venues and be able not to be scared that the mold is going to make them ill because, again, we have had some, even some of our employees that have become almost disabled because of this illness. Sean, let's go ahead and get started. Again, we're going to have Dr. Gaz Agoli of Progressive Medical Centers out of Atlanta and Cheryl Burdett talking about sick building syndrome. Sean, let's go ahead and get started. Today's show is about certain areas that we have seen an increase in our society. And that's something we're going to be talking about. It's called the biotoxin pathways. And we use that word biotoxin because what happens is that from a genetic perspective, we have seen the majority of our society be affected through certain toxins. And and bio is, is looking at certain infectious pathways. Uh, biotoxins have a direct effect, including uh, the impairment of nerve cell function, which can create problems with sleep disturbances, chronic pain, gastrointestinal problems, prolonged illnesses. Time and time again, we are seeing that patients that are affected by biotoxins uh, have a lowered immune system. Um, their immune system is not responding effectively. So we think it's important to talk about this. So I know that, Dr. Burdett, you've done a lot of research. As a matter of fact, you just got back from a seminar um, involving uh, biotoxins, and Dr. Shoemaker is one of the physicians that brought an awareness to this. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and get started into the show on what exactly are these biotoxins, and what got your interest to go to the seminar? Yeah, well, uh, biotoxins could come from a number of different um, organisms, possibly parasites or bacteria. But in this show, we really want to focus on uh, biotoxin production by mold. And this is an area that has been <clears throat> slow to really gain ground and gain credibility. And so one of the reasons that I wanted to go to this conference is because at Progressive, we are lifelong learners. And, uh, you know, what you if you were a patient here, what you 
came and learned about five years or ten years ago might well be distinct today because, as you're well aware, uh, research continues to develop and science continues to grow. And so uh, <clears throat> with that advent of new information and new science, we're constantly looking for new therapies, new avenues to reach more people. And while our standard focus and, and, and our, some of the key areas that we look at help a lot of people, um, you know, we see patients who at Progressive who have generally probably seen uh, three to seven docs already and nothing has really been helpful and they're still struggling looking for answers. And we have a lot of success with that population because we look at it at different angles. And there are some core things that are really important to the philosophy at Progressive one of which is controlling inflammation. And one of the best ways to control inflammation is through the gut. But no, no, not, no two people respond the same, and nobody's going to respond 100% the same to every single therapy. So there are always going to be people that <clears throat> still need more support, need a different style answer and still need to and that we're still uh, that we're still researching and looking into and trying to figure out more ways to help them and so when I first started to work with mold and uh, that was probably about 10 years ago here at Progressive Medical I saw people whose lives had just been taken away from them I remember one of the first patients that uh, I can remember meeting with, uh, her hair was falling out in clumps. And this is one of the later stage symptoms, but initially more fatigue and a loss of quality of life, not able to go to her job anymore, uh, really struggling, more mental confusion. Uh, brain fog is a, is a big keynote of mold toxicity. And then through her own research and advocacy, she figured out that a lot of these symptoms had begun to present as she had moved into a new apartment and what else was going on in that new apartment was there's a heavy amount of water damage and so she began to do her own research and and at that moment in time a decade ago the AMA the American Medical Association had the stance that mold does not cause symptoms well, we know even from just a basic allergy perspective that mold can give you more runny nose or runny eyes, make you feel itchy. Plenty of people feel sensitive when they're in a more moldy environment. So just to dismiss it and say that it creates nothing in the body, we, we already know that part's not true. I mean, you can go to an allergist, and one of the major things they're going to test you for is for reactions to mold. So in a bit, uh, it, it's speaking out of both sides of your mouth. On one hand, we know that mold can cause allergies. On the other hand, we're saying they were saying mold doesn't cause symptoms. Now, fast forward to where we are at today, and it ha the American Medical Association has now recognized that mold can cause symptoms and not just allergies. So this patient, more advanced, uh, more susceptible, but had a, a complete loss of quality of life, not able to uh, just chronic fatigue. And we'll talk about how mold impacts the mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell, the part of the cell that makes our energy. And in her case, uh, was causing uh, rashes throughout her body, causing her hair to fall out in clumps. And then, lo and behold, when she would move out of the apartment, go to a hotel, these symptoms would remit. And then when she would come back to her place, she would have symptoms again. So from that patient, I began to explore and think and really dive into the research and see what we could figure out. 
and at that moment in time uh, really felt strongly about a lot of the detoxification protocols that we do here and we did some detox with this patient and and she and she did begin to get better she began to improve her hair began to grow her energy began to um, come back and 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 I had a lot of improvement also as she made that commitment to move out of that apartment and find a new home to be in because it's very difficult to completely heal if you are constantly re-exposing yourself it would be like clearing an infection and going back into a kindergarten where every kid in there has a sickness it's going to be difficult to stay well in that environment and so um, through that, that, that first patient, then as we began to ask these questions, we began to see it more um, regularly. And then working with some of our practitioners here who also have a background in environmental medicine, looking at some things more closely, looking at some cell signaling. And now today we understand a lot more about the immune system. So we're really able to validate this pattern more. Uh, we're even able to look at what genes make you more susceptible to this and, and to help a lot more people because when you start to think about the symptoms of mold, fatigue, uh, feeling weaker, uh, maybe some stomach aches, maybe some irritable bowel syndrome or, or cramping, gas or bloating, those could be a lot of those could be a lot of different syndromes out there. That's not one condition that will cause uh, that style of symptoms. And so, really being able to drill down on on what is out of balance and what are the genes that predispose you to this can be also very helpful in figuring out if this is something that applies to you. We're seeing more and more patients that are chronically ill with infections that their immune systems are compromised, and we want to just bring an awareness about the molds in the environment and what's really happening to most of our population that don't have the ability for the immune system to fight the mold exposure. So what exactly are these molds? And according to the CDC, molds are a fungi that can be found both indoors and outdoors. And there are numerous, numerous species. No one doesn't really know exactly how many species of fungi exist. But estimate, estimates runs from range of tens of thousands to perhaps well over 300,000 more molds. That's a lot of mold out Absolutely. there. So we have a lot of different species out there. Molds grow best in warm, damp, and humid conditions and spread and reproduce by making spores. Mold spores that can, can survive Harsh environmental conditions, such as dry conditions that do not support normal mold growth. And some of the common molds that the CDC are reporting to, to look for are Penicillium, Alternaria, Aspergillus, Clodosporidium. Um, those are some of the common ones. And the big question now, the big question, and, and I, I'm, I'm actually taking the data from the CDC. How do molds affect individuals? According to the CDC, molds affect certain individuals that either have a sensitivity to molds or an immune deficiency. For these such people, exposure to molds can cause symptoms such as nasal stuffiness, eye irritation, wheezing, skin irritations gastrointestinal problems. Um, we've seen uh, prolonged illnesses, um, reduced hormone production, um, affecting uh, sleep problems. 
uh, we know that the immune system is affected. Certain patients uh, may develop inappropriate immunity. Most common are antibodies are called gliadins, which affect digestion. Um, cardiolipins, which affects blood clotting. So, you know, let me just pause there mm-hmm. for a second, Dr. Bredow. Mm-hmm. Just those two areas right there, mm-hmm. you could have an exposure to a chronic mold. It could be mm-hmm. a very, even a very low level. Mm-hmm. And just those two receptors of the genotypes is going to affect inappropriate immunity to gliadins, which affects digestion, and cardiolipins, which affects blood clotting. Now we're seeing a lot of patients today in our society that are on these um, different medications to thin their blood, and some of them have dangerous side effects. Absolutely. So it could be the environment from the mold that's affecting it. Absolutely. Thicker blood often has to do with something infectious and, and, and has to do with your body fighting something, so this should always be a warning sign. I'll tell you another one that you see uh, that, that, that more and more people are having to deal with, and many people wonder why, and that is gluten sensitivity uh, or a sensitivity to wheat. And probably many of you out there think, oh, what's this bandwagon? Everyone uh, saying they need to be gluten free. Uh, my parents didn't have a problem with that. Our ancestors, my ancestors are from Italy. All they ate were pasta or bread. Nobody had a problem with it. Well, it turns out that the these amino acid sequence on mold shares a similar uh, string of amino acids as does the wheat gliadin. Also, let's not forget about um, moldy breads. That's often something that, and even if you don't see the mold, uh, it could likely be there. And so what's happening is because now the immune system has become hyper-reactive to mold, and mold looks a bit like gliadin, that you, or the part of wheat that people tend to be more allergic to, it's increasing our sensitivity, particularly to gluten. And so, yes, more and more people are having this sensitivity. It's not a figment of our imagination. It's not something trendy, but it's because the immune system has become more ignited. And so things that we did not used to be sensitive to, now we are having more sensitivity to. In addition to that, Another reason that mold makes us more sensitive is because mold, we breathe it, it goes into our nose and into our lungs, so absolutely shortness of breath can be a symptom. But another symptom is it gets into your GI tract, and in your GI tract, it, it acts as a toxin. And when your body sees this toxin, it begins to make something called zonulin. Zonulin can be measured. Uh, we, we look at it a lot here at Progressive. And zonulin is something that tells the gut to, to break down. It causes the gut to have holes in it or causes the gut to become permeable or leaky. And when that occurs, now molecules begin to leak through the gut intact. And this will ignite your immune system. And one of the initiating events for that, uh, for that to be elevated is for this mold toxicity to occur. So, by, and, and so you say, well, why wouldn't I just measure mold? I'll just measure antibodies to mold in my blood, and then that will be fine. One of the ones that Dr. Agoli mentioned was aspergillus, and even the CDC says that we should be thinking about it. Well, it, a genus name, aspergillus, and then you have a species, genus and species. There are 600 different types of aspergillus out there, and that's not even beginning to talk about the stachybacchus, the one that can really uh, be so deadly to us, and on and on and on. 
A mold is a kingdom. It is not a single element. So just like you would have, you know, literally millions of bacteria or millions of types of yeast, millions of types of mold. So to measure an immune response to each type of mold out there is exhaustive and it's not even possible. And so in addition to, uh, so what we have to look for, rather than measure, measure, measure every type of mold that exists, we have to look for common ways the body responds. And one of the common ways that the body will respond, regardless of the type of mold, that toxin causes a release of zonulin. And so by looking at something like zonulin, and we can get a picture of how much is mold affecting the system and how much how much is mold causing a breakdown in the gut then from there we can move to the next step and look at particular parts of the immune system that mold is known to target and that mold is known to affect and then when we do that now we have a very researched evidence-based way <clears throat> of identifying whether or not mold is affecting your body you're listening to Healthy Choices XM, broadcasting from Austin, Texas, and I'm your host, Ray Solano. We were listening to Dr. G- Cheryl Burdett and Dr. Gazagoli from Progressive Medical Centers going over in detail mold exposure and why it's such an important understanding, a diagnosis to be able to pinpoint the sources of these molds because it links to so many chronic infections. It's not something that is something we have to tolerate. It's something that we have to eradicate from our environment because it's making people very ill. And it could be a reason why the immune system dysfunction is occurring and the increased sensitivity. You've heard some people say, well, I'm just allergic to everything. Well, it's not really true that you're allergic to everybody is everything is that your immune system is over responsive due to a source of exposure and that's what we have to have we have clinicians that will be able to break that down is to be almost like a detective Uh, your physicians need to be detectives to try to uncover what the root causes are and that's what an integrated medicine professionals are trained to be able to do and it's it's opposed to just giving a bunch of pills unfortunately people with chronic infections are very commonly seeing 10 to 15 physicians in a year have tremendous amount of cost for for physicians and labs and medications and many times we see them with 10 or 15 prescriptions this is not fixing the problem so that's why the, today's show is so important we want this is maybe a little doom and gloom it's out there but promise you we have solutions to make this much more balanced that you can reduce the immune system dysfunction and quiet it down that's what that's what we're going to be talking about in the second half of our show and also you don't you want to also tune in for our special guest dr anthony carpaccio is going to join us talking kicking off a special feature of our program to discuss some preventative tests to assess your risk of heart disease everybody knows their cholesterol numbers but nobody really understands what that means so he's considered an expert in the field and you want to you don't want to miss this informative segment that's going to be coming up on our second half after our break and also check out our website healthychoicesxm.com for podcasts and previous shows and also when we were talking about immune dysfunction and allergies this is allergy season and our pharmacy we've developed probably we think is the best 
non-sedating allergy medication ever. It's called Seasonal Shield. And this is something that you can t- give to children. It stops these mast cells that actually produce histamine at its source. It's a natural product that we've developed. So it does not make you sedated. It does not cause you to lose your memory. Unfortunately, many times uh, Benadryl and many of these antihistamines cause memory loss. Seasonal Shield, check it out on our website, healthychoicesxm.com. We're going to come back in a few minutes with a little bit more from Dr. Gazagoli and also Dr. Cheryl Burdett from Progressive Medical Centers talking about sick building syndrome, why mold is such a critical part of understanding their sources and being able to understand people are sensitive to it and this can stop this domino effect of people just getting sicker, sicker, and sicker. Welcome back after the show, and we'll have a little bit more on these and other topics. You don't want to miss the this next part of our show.
Let's talk about your healthy choices. We have room for you right now. Toll free at 877-956-9566. Well, welcome back to Healthy Choices. Again, we're broadcasting from Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Ray Solano. If you're new joining to us today, we're also simulcasting in 1380 The Pulse out of St. Louis. And also, you can always go to our website, healthychoicesxm.com, and you can live streaming from our website. So tell your friends, if you're not even an XM subscriber, you can always check us out for 1380 The Pulse out of St. Louis, as well as a, this is a benefit of Salem Radio. So this is a great tool for your, all of our listeners to be able to get the most cutting-edge information. And as we're talking about today is mold and also sick building syndrome, why sometimes buildings and hotels and room and sometimes some people's homes can make you sick. So we want to make sure that everybody understands that this can be, this is a solution, but you have to identify the problem first before you can solve it. Sean, let's go ahead and get started with Dr. Cheryl Burdett and Dr. Gazagoli finishing up on our conversation on mold and biotoxin pathways. The CDC has spent a lot of time researching mold exposures and really discussing, educating. They've got a really good website. And, you know, typically um, we follow suit with research from the CDC, but we go, we go next step further. And what I mean by that is that we find out what type of testing that you, what you can do um, to find out if your immune system is compromised. Because here's what's going to happen. Let's hypothetically say... You've got a family of four living in a house, and you have one or two individuals that have a lower immune system, and two of them are, are relatively a normal immune system, or they've, they've developed a, a resistance and a sensitivity to uh, affect to a sister immune system. What ends up happening is that two individuals are going to be uh, affected with some type of chronic illness, and the other two are not. And it all boils down to how do we evaluate the immune system? You just don't walk into your doctor and say, hey, I'm here to be evaluated for the immune system because it's complex. There's so many factors of the immune system. So, so Dr. Burdett, let's get right into, according to Dr. Shoemaker, who's one of the experts on biotoxins and specifically mold, what's a good way to determine if, if a patient is either susceptible to environmental illnesses yep. What testing could we use as, as functional doctors to ascertain that? Well, again, uh, we, uh, we back to that idea, you might say, well, we're all exposed to mold, so why is it that it, it's a problem for some people and not for others? And the first piece of that is that it, it starts with your genetics. And so we can look at something called HLA-DR, uh, that is a, a, a specific gene. And people who have polymorphisms in this gene are unable to create appropriate immune responses. And so if they can't make the appropriate immune response, then they can't clear this biotoxin like the rest of us would. And so when you're asking the question, who's going to get symptoms versus those who do not, uh, this is a great place to start and a great thing to look at to know if you're already compromised. Another laboratory evaluation that can be looked at, something very inexpensive, something that's routinely done, and it's called a SED rate or an ESR. 
It's a marker for inflammation. Well, those people that lack, that have this polymorphism, that lack the ability to, to make an immune response to clear this mold biotoxin, uh, will show something interesting on a set rate. And what they will show is, uh, and so typically when you look at a set rate, you're looking to see if it's elevated. If it's elevated, that means inflammation. And that means we need to look for what's causing the inflammation. But, Living on planet Earth creates some level of inflammation, not a pathologic level, but we should all have some reactivity on a sed rate. The typical range, like a zero to 40, um, and and so, you know, you should see a two or a three. That's normal. We all have some inflammation. But those patients that come back with a zero who can't mount an inflammatory response at all, that's the sign of a weakened immune system. And you will often see that in someone that has more of a, uh, a toxic burden from mold. Now, a couple other pieces. We, we need to look at what other places, other players that activate immune function. And one of the things that activates immune function is something called complement. Complement has a couple of pathways, something called the classic complement pathway and alternative. And so these are different ways that the immune system will send a signal, uh, kind of like a lighthouse, to say, okay, here we are, here's what's going on, and now uh, we need to attract more immune cells to this area. And so calling in and recruiting other types of white blood cells, bringing them to the area so they can fight the fight. Well, what you see in people that have mold toxicity is they have low complement, and this can be measured through something called C3A and C4A. When we see low complement antigens, when we see low C3A and low C4A, then we know that there's more of an issue there in terms of a poor immune system. Now, you take an immune system that can't mount a reaction and you put it into a sick building, into something growing mold, and that is a situation for for symptomatic response. And so, again, symptoms being headaches or stabbing ice pick kind of stabbing pains, pains that stab you and move around from one part of the body to another, Uh, nausea, abdominal pain, fatigue. And, in fact, what we are beginning to note is that in chronic fatigue syndrome, a very high percentage of of that population uh, has this presentation. They have this genetic defect. That means they can't mount immune response, and they also have mold exposure. So uh, when we begin to look at these things, you see this hyperreactivity in in some ways, and you see a lack of the immune system to respond in other ways. Another part of the picture is what you will see in terms of cortisol. And cortisol comes from our adrenals. Our adrenals make get-up-and-go hormones like adrenaline that, that tell our body when to get out of bed and when to, uh, to be stronger to go fight. Uh, but cortisol, there becomes a dysregulation between the brain and our, our adrenal glands that sit on top of the kidneys. The brain no longer sends the appropriate message. And the, the, the ACTH, or the signal that comes from the brain, is interfered with by mold biotoxins. And so now it can't get to... It can't tell the adrenals to do their job. And so if you have adrenal fatigue or if you have ever done a salivary test that shows low 
cortisol, a reason for this can be mold toxicity. And so in patients that I have where we have done the normal things and given the nutrients that the adrenals need, which are things like B5 and B6 and vitamin C, and we've given different botanicals that should also help to recover energy, these work most of the time. And most of our patients feel much better when this is done. But those who don't respond to that, that that don't feel better at this, why are those adrenals staying suppressed? And a critical reason that they can stay suppressed is more mold uh, toxicity. Then there's something called melanocyte-stimulating hormone that can also be looked at. And this is the original name comes from uh, melanin, being able to stimulate the production of color in the skin. However, it turns out that's not the only effect of MSH. And MSH is a player in terms of immune activation. This is another marker that you will see off in terms of mold toxicity. And so, again, but it's unique to mold toxicity. You don't see this marker off in other infections like Lyme. You don't see this marker off just because you have leaky gut or food sensitivities. We have seen that when the immune system is compromised and it's overexpressed, meaning that the immune system is constantly being bombarded by these different toxins from the environment, we know that there's excessive, uh, s- excessive cytokine levels that can damage receptors, specifically leptin receptors, which is in the adipose, which is the fat tissue, to the hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus is a bundle of nerves. And now these damaged receptors lead to reduced production from the hypothalamus, which actually affects all kinds of different hormones. So we know there's an affection on reduced androgens. We know that there's a, a, a changes in cortisol and ACTH levels. So the pituitary produces uh, a, a lot of these um, hormones, and you may see elevated cortisol. Um, you could see um, deficiencies um, in, in other hormones as well. So this actually creates a cascade effect and it lowers all the production of sex hormones. So, you know, this is this actually is the root, root cause of a lot of areas mm-hmm. of the body, Dr. Burdett. And I think it's so important to talk about it. How do you properly evaluate if you've got a mold exposure? I think a good history, a, good a history, skilled absolutely. clinician, um, there really isn't like this one test that shows everything. I think it has to be a very good history that leads that practitioner to the proper diagnostic approach. So what do you do about it? Let's spend this last segment talking about what are some of the treatments that we can do for patients when they have a mold or environmental illness? Well, that's one of the the positive messages about mold is that once you get the correct diagnosis, there are treatments that make a significant difference. You can reclaim your life. Um, Watching patients that have been uh, unable to get up off the sofa, uh, unable to, uh, yeah, I can think of one patient. uh, She's an executive, owned her own company, 60 employees, pretty big business, go type A driven, uh, active person. To, to nothing, to on the sofa, not able to get out of bed, 
extremely sick, no quality of life. And when she took those steps and when she figured out what she had, changed the environment around her and worked on her own internal environment, uh, now back to where she was before. And so this is one of those areas where you can reclaim your health and get back on your feet and where there are treatments that will be successful. So um, many of those actually come from some of the work of Richie Shoemaker. And so one of them is something called cholestyramine. And many, and that might not be too familiar because it's kind of an old-timey remedy for uh, diarrhea. It's not very popular. And there are many other over-the-counter things that one might use. So a prescription for uh, diarrhea is probably not something too. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM. You're just listening to Dr. Cheryl Burdett and Dr. Gaz Agoli from Progressive Medical Centers talking about mold and talking about the debilitating condition, but also some simple things you can do to be able to remedy the situation for these patients. And Dr. Cheryl Burdett, we had to interrupt her interview. She was talking about cholestyramine, and cholestyramine is something that a pharmacy can be able to compound for these patients, they actually sequester or chelates these uh, mold uh, inflammatory substances and be able to send them down the uh, your waste stream. So you and again, it's it collects them so the body doesn't react to them. So you can always call our pharmacy five one two two one nine zero seven two four if you want to find out more information about some of these remedies and also about cholestyramine. And you can also text us anytime during this this message because I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of questions. But we want to be, get right into our guest, or a special segment of our show. A little bit, a little bit of a divergence, but it, I believe it's important for people to understand there's some connectivity to this because finding the root cause of many diseases and prevention is such an important part. Dr. Anthony Capazio, welcome to Healthy Choices. Thanks, Ray. Good to be on the phone. Well, thanks for for joining us on this busy day in your schedule for your for your patients. I know you have a very active uh, practice at at Thin Med Spa, Thin MD Med Spa out of Jacksonville. But we were talking about the first half of our show, talking a li- about mold and some of the tremendous amounts of cascades of inflammatory responses that occur. But also, this is you know something that you is very near and dear to your heart is prevention tests to assess the risk of heart disease. And I wanted to, in our closing moments here, I want to see if you can briefly go through why this is so important for your patients, not just to come in and say what my total cholesterol number is. That doesn't mean very much of anything to assess prevention, correct? Correct, yeah. And um, you know, when I realized this, as a, a, I'm an internal medicine physician, um, and when I realized that the, the regular cholesterol panels weren't giving us enough information on my patients was after I read a, a, a big study, and it was the um, Get With the Guidelines study. It looked at over 140,000 patients who had um, been admitted to the hospital for um, acute coronary syndrome or, or acute heart attack, and they found that 50% of them had normal cholesterol numbers. So it told me that our traditional screening methods um, for looking at, you know, risk wasn't, wasn't right. And so there are three things that I look at um, when patients come in to really get a good grasp of, of the risk for um, heart disease. The first one is a protein that sits on all of the bad cholesterol. It's called apolipoprotein B or ApoB. 
and that's one of the most important markers, and that's the one that that really lets me know where the risk is. Because what they've shown is, is even if you have normal cholesterol when you're younger, um, like in your 20s, um, you know, 30 you know, or 20, 10, 15 years later, they've shown that if your ApoB levels were high, even with normal cholesterols um, in your you know, 20s and 30s, that you're going to be at risk for having blockages as you get older. So it doesn't help us screen young people. So the apolipoprotein B, by far the, the single best marker, you should know what those numbers are. And those can be assessed through these advanced lipid panels. Um, the one that I like uh, to use is um, from a lab company called True Health. And I found that um, um, their, um, the reports are incredible and very, very easy to read and understand. Um, the other thing that I look at, in addition, is the actual number of LDLs. You know, LDLs have been um, historically known as the bad cholesterol, but there's so much more bad cholesterol in our body other than LDL. So I look at those two markers. If those markers are high, then I know that I need to be aggressive um, with the patient with their diet and their lifestyle management because they're the ones that I, I can help prevent uh, a problem um, down the line. Um, and then there's one other marker that I like to look at. It is the triglyceride level. And the triglycerides are the fats and sugars that um, are basically in your bloodstream. And um, what I look for with triglycerides is a fasting triglyceride level, so an eight-hour fast of under 70 is where I want to be. And the problem with most labs is that they'll put, you know, above 150 is considered normal. And if your triglycerides are 150 or even 100 fasting, then you're, you're, not, you're, you're not in the place that you want to be, and that's going to drive a, um, a, a bad process in your body. So those are the three markers that I like to look at, apolipoprotein B um, and then LDL particle number, the actual number of LDLs, um, and the um, triglyceride number. And the apolipoprotein B and the um, um, LDL particle number have to be done on these advanced lipid panels like the one that I get from True Health Labs. You know, this, so, you know, this is an education for, for patients. And we think this is very, we may, want to make sure it's simple. Uh, many times people that are at high risk, people that are over 50 pounds overweight, that have a very poor lifestyle, and people say they know it, but they really don't, want, they, they're not convinced to make any changes in their lifestyle. But from what you're telling me is if they know these three things, if their physician knows those, these th- three markers, then maybe it's a wake-up call that you're at risk for a cardiovascular events or increasing plaque before it's too late, correct? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the incredible thing is that we can, we, you know, we can look at this, and, and there's, there's several studies that kind of collaborate it, um, that understanding that these are the main drivers for disease, um, even when the, the classic lipid panel is normal, um, you know, this is what we should be looking at. And this is what I've been looking at, you know, over the last um, decade or so, um, because I realized a long time ago that, um, that the, the regular cholesterol panel really didn't give me enough information to um, help uh, improve an outcome for patients. So, Now, these tests are not very expensive because people always say, well, does my insurance pay for it? And unfortunately, many people that they are covered under Medicare – or in Medicaid, they, they're very resistant to be able to spend some money on their health. But these are affordable tests, right? Yeah, most of these are um, covered through insurance. I typically don't have any problems getting these covered. 
Well, you know, we always are telling people that you you spend a lot of time and energy learning about your retirement savings and your financial health. We want people to make sure they make their investments in their medical health because there's no you don't want people to be old and have tremendous amount of chronic disease and because it can really bankrupt people. So how many years would you say if somebody uh, many of these apolipo-B markers, you're able to see prevention of what, five years in advance? How many years um, would you say? Well, the one the one clinical study that was done, it was looking at um, people in their 20s and 30s, males and females, and um, they they grabbed uh, the regular cholesterol panel and these advanced lipid panels at at the beginning, and then what they did was they they looked at events and they looked at these calcium scores later on down the line, and what they found is is that um, the patients who had the higher levels of the ApoB and LDL particle numbers were the ones that had the events. So I would say, you know, definitely with, uh, I would say, 10 years, and that would be just based on that clinical study. 10 years. So, you know, we're, so people that have high triglyceride levels, well, that's many a people don't, story. you know, <laughs> high, it, 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 you go, ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, so high, high triglycerides are, are really scary. And like I said, unless your triglyceride is under 70 fasting, there's some issues going on. And what happens in real in a real simple way is that when you when you have a lot of kind of sugars and fats that are floating in your bloodstream, they deplete the healthy cholesterol from your cholesterol molecules, both your good and your bad. And the size and density of your good and bad cholesterol gets smaller and more dense. And those are um, the those make your LDL cholesterols even worse, or your bad cholesterols even worse, and they make your good cholesterols um, much lower and even worse. So making sure that you have um, healthy levels of fats in your blood um, and low levels of sugars in your blood can improve the size and um, density of your good and bad cholesterol. So one of the things that I do is I make sure that my patients... Um, are taking enough omega-3 fish oils, and um, and usually it's about 4,000 milligrams per day, or I have a water-soluble version, um, a monoglyceride version, which I can give much, much less, around 2,600 milligrams. And this allows me to get something called an omega-3 index, um, which looks at kind of the amount of omega-3s in the red blood cells above 8, because we know in a lot of the, the clinical heart studies, that those levels that are, are that high have a much more protective role in preventing um, uh, vascular issues, including um, you know, strokes and uh, heart attacks. And you also said low sugars, so you want people yeah. to low sugars. Eat, I mean, that's the, the most the simplest thing that you can do is make sure that your your carbohydrate intake matches your um, you know your 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 needs. If you're very active, you're going to need more carbohydrates, especially as we get older. It seems like we don't process carbs um, as well because we're we're not as active. But if you're very active, then carbohydrates are very very important to be, to get into your diet, especially the complex carbohydrates or the carbohydrates that get released much slower into your bloodstream. You know, we also tell people to get a blood glucometer, very inexpensive, and to do their blood sugar levels two hours after a meal. Is that, to, do you agree with that? Is a, a good way to know how they're reacting to spikes in blood sugar? 
Um, I think it's, it's, it's a great way of understanding how your body responds to the certain foods that you eat because everyone is different. And um, I like to use a one-hour. Usually I like my one-hour under 120. Okay. Um, and that just tells me that you're processing that meal fine. If it's high, then what I would do is eat, you know, half of that particular meal and see right. what the sugar levels are. And that will give you an idea of the quantity of food that you can eat that will allow your body to process in, in a, good, a good range. But, yeah, for self-monitoring, Dr. I think that's a phenomenal. Dr. Capazio, in our last, we got just a, a few minutes, a few seconds left here. I wanted to make sure I get your website and your contact information because some of our listeners want to know how to get a hold of these tests that you're talking about. Sure. Um, so my, my website is thin, T-H-I-N-M-D, medspa, M-E-D-S-P-A dot com. Uh, my office number is 904-694-0992. 0992. Well, we'll definitely have this on our website, healthychoicesxxm.com. And we're going to have you back on our show uh, talking about these specific blood tests that, that, and also the, the protocols you have in your practice to be able to reduce people's risk of heart disease. We'll, we're back next week on Healthy Choices XM on another great show uh, talking about al- allergies. Back next week on HealthyChoicesXM.com.